You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, back here on the Inside Black and Gold podcast, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. And as promised, we're going to get into a bunch of the Week 5 film Saints and Seahawks, and it's impossible to do a film study of this game without talking extensively about Taysom Hill. And so that's what this segment is going to be about. Taysom Hill dominated that game. He ran for over 100 yards on his nine carries. He had three rushing touchdowns. He also had one passing touchdown, which I know, Steve, you were very excited about because you've been bugging me about why the Saints never throw with Taysom Hill all season. Got to keep him honest, you know, and then finally, and I'm also was happy to see Adam Troutman getting some love in the end zone. Uh, he's been one of those guys that I thought had a pretty good training camp, expected more out of him this season, and just starting to maybe get more involved in this offense with Andy, the red rifle, Dalton at quarterback right now. Yeah, and I, you know, some of the, the formations in this game were fantastic. Like, I mean, you have 11 players on the field and you can fit them all in one little tidy box. <laughs> that is nine blockers standing in front of you and a tight end standing next to a tight end. It, I don't even know what personnel you would call this. There is no tech, like technically Taysom was a tight end. So there is no quarterback or running back on the field. So I think this personnel would technically be six. If it's 11, you would have one tight end, one running back. That's what the numbers mean, right? So like 22 would be two tight ends, two running backs. But what you have on the field right now is five linemen, two jumbo linemen, which is technically qualifies as a tight end because they are el- pass eligible. And then four tight ends. Yeah, it's a great question probably for P. Carmichael Jr. this week. <laughs> it's six. Oh, six. But yeah, it's just, it's just this jumbo look. And it's like, oh, third and one. Uh, we're going to run it. But you don't know where. And I think that's where the, you know, you can say, oh, you know exactly what we're gonna, they're going to do. But you don't know how they're going to do it, right? Like there's, when you have this many linemen and you have this many gaps that you can attack, 
you have this many areas you can double team, it's actually a lot harder. Like obviously you're preparing for a run, but you don't know what kind of run. You don't know if Taysom Hill is going to wait, if he's going to do a quick dive, if he's going to just, if they're going to send JP Holtz just straight into the line and have Taysom Hill follow him, if they're going to kind of, you know, flank out wide and have Taysom try to beat him to the edge. So like, that's where, you know, this is kind of like an old school offense. And that's what you used to do in in football. And uh, so this is what you have now. And so this is that first third and one that Taysom got in on. And it came right after an Andy Dalton scramble, oddly enough. And you can see, like, the Seahawks actually play this pretty well. You have a guy come scraping up the outside. J.P. Holtz lays a good block. I think that's Cesar Ruiz coming around. And they clear that edge. But I mean, like, this is probably the closest they came to stopping a Taysom Hill run all night. And, you know, he still gets there pretty easily. And that's that's the amazing thing about this offensive set that you're running is third down and short is supposed to be tough, right? It's like, it's not as easy as they're making it look, but they've effectively hacked the NFL by, by just going old school. Like that's the best part about it is like, this is just old school offense. This is just hat on a hat, like go beat somebody up. And that's why I love JP Holtz. I'm glad I was glad when they signed him to the active roster. Cause I was, you know, he's a guy who I sang his praises after week four, because I think he just blocks like an animal. I mean, he's just vicious. You can hear when he's hitting people. Let's go. This is another one. This is the one that I'm not a huge fan of. This is that same drive, that opening drive. And we talked about this after the game. I don't like the idea of not having your quarterback on the field for like five. Well, actually, I take that back. Andy Dalton was on the field, not having him like touch the football for five plays. You had an Alvin Kamara run, then an Andy Dalton scramble, which obviously it's supposed to be a pass play, but it was supposed to be a pass to Taysom Hill, who was covered. And then uh, Taysom on third and one. And then you had a handoff to Alvin Kamara on first down. Now you have another QB power. And then you send Andy Dalton in there on third and five saying, good luck. And I just think that's setting up your quarterback to fail. But this is one of the few that the Seahawks actually stopped for a reasonable, you know, uh, only a two-yard gain. Okay, so this is the first touchdown. And you can see, like, early in the game, like, you can say the Seahawks know what they're looking at. They're not defending this like they know it's going to be a run. You know, you don't have guys creeping up in those gaps. You have two linebackers, but, you know, they're not up at the line of scrimmage. And so you have a quarterback that can make it hurt. And that's what happened. But again, it's just a situation where you don't know which gap he's going to attack. You have J.P. Holtz again as the lead blocker. He comes out, he kicks out wide. Andrews Pete pulls around, picks up one of those one of those rushers. And so it's left to Taysom Hill to beat the defensive tackle one-on-one, and he does. And then he powers it into the end zone, right? That, that's not complicated football. But again, these linebackers have to make a decision. These guys have to make a decision of what gap they're going to try to fill. And they don't know which one Taysom Hill is going to try to attack. So like, you clear the outside, you clear the inside, and then you just power it in. It's wild how easy it looks when uh, when it's working for the Saints. I don't know if you remember a, a while back, I forget what year it was, Sean Payton made the comment that the way Taysom Hill runs reminded him of Fred Flintstone. And I think about that every time now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So one of the other things that Taysom does that I think is overlooked a little bit is he's very patient when he gets the ball. And so he he isn't just diving into the line, right? He's choosing a gap and he's attacking it. And that little delay he gives you after catching the ball is is part of what makes this so difficult to stop because he's watching and he's seeing which gap you're trying to fill and then he's going away from that. It also gives his blockers time to get out in front. In this play, you're having Andrews Pete pull 
and you're having JP Holtz come around on a little arc block. And so you have to wait for them to get there. One of the one of the reasons that the Wildcat is can be difficult and tricky is, you know, when you're handing it to a running back, there's built-in time for the running back to collect the ball and then follow his blockers. When the ball is direct snap to Taysom, he could just take off right away. And in some cases, he will do that if you're trying to like have a misdirection play. But in this case, you got to wait. And so that's what he does. And so you say he receives it and he kind of takes that hop step. You need to allow your blockers to do the work. You need to allow this big dude to get over there and pick up a blocker. You need to allow JP Holtz to just, you know, turn into a werewolf and maul this guy to death. <laughs> and that's what they do. And that's what makes these plays a lot easier. And so third and one, you got five yards. You know, you're not you're not worried about plowing the line because you know you can get to the edge. This emer- is really impressive stuff from J.P. Holt and maybe why we're not seeing uh, more of Nick Vanette lately. Yeah. I mean, if, if Nick Vanette's main role is as a blocker, yeah. um, I think v- Holtz has been better as a blocker. Now, this is run blocking, to be very specific. Like, I'm not talking about pass protection. I haven't really seen a ton of him in pass protection. He is really an H-back. He's not a tight end, as you would kind of look at it in line. He's not a guy who's going to go catch passes. He is essentially a fullback. You waved Adam Prentice and you brought J.P. Holtz up. He's technically a tight end, but he's blocking. That's his role. And I think he's done an excellent job of it. This time, this is in the second quarter. And to me, this is significant because what you see here is the Saints have split four wide receivers out. So you no longer have the luxury of just stacking everyone in the middle of the field. You have to cover because you know that if you just leave him uncovered, he can throw the ball there. And so like, you can look at this and say, oh, they know he's going to run, but you still have to have four guys accounting for the players on the edges. None of them are Randy Dalton, so you can't just ignore them. And look at how easy this run ends up being. You know, I think this is second and eight. And you see this, and you see they're still not sinking, right? These players are not sinking with any of these, any of these routes. So it's like, you know they're coming on the run. And that's going to come back later when on that Adam Troutman play, and I'll show you. But like, look at how much space he has. Like, it's absurd how easily he just ran for 15 yards. Um, and it's because you can't stop it. Now, this is the Adam Troutman play. This is the Adam Troutman touchdown. And you can see you're in a similar, you're, you're doing a similar thing here. You have a tight end and Traquan, I think that is, in the stack. You have Alvin Kamara split out wide, so you have to account for these guys. And you know that neither of these linebackers are going to sink. If this was Andy Dalton there, one of these linebackers would be responsible for sinking up the seam and taking away routes to the middle of the field because you have safeties to the edges. So they can't get to the middle. If no linebacker sinks up the seam and somebody goes up the middle, that's going to be wide open. And that's what you saw on that initial play, that play that we just went through, where if you had a linebacker going up the seam, he would have been wide open. And Taysom said that he and Pete Carmichael at halftime were talking about this play. And we're like, yeah, that's going to work. We're going to run this if we get in that situation again. And that's exactly what happened. You have Adam Troutman, I believe. He's right here. And he's not even going to check. He's just going to go straight up the seam. And no one's going to carry with him. Um, and it's the easiest touchdown throw you'll ever see. So like this linebacker here, he's got to get depth. But he's too worried about Taysom running for good reason. Because this is the first pass he's thrown this season. And so like the, he has no chance. You put him in no man's land. And that's why you'll see a few people go out and be like, okay, Taysom should be the starting quarterback. And I understand why you would think that because it, it, it looks easy and it looks like you could do this every play. But one of the reasons it's so difficult is because you are not able to spend all week game planning for what you're going to see from Taysom Hill because you might not see it, 
right? It's not definitely going to be what you end up having to face. So right, if you like spend a, a change all of pace week, for you, right? Well, but it, you know, it's it's a mystery, right? At this point, no one knows who the Saints' quarterback is going to be. No one knows whether it's going to be Jameis or Andy Dalton. You don't know how much you're going to see Taysom Hill, and so like how much what, how much time throughout the week you're going to spend on in practice, right? You got to make a decision. And so, you know, you think you really think the Seahawks spent any time in practice being like, oh, what if Taysom Hill throws it up the seam to Adam Troutman, the guy who's caught three passes this year? Maybe they should have, but I don't think they did. And so it's an easy touchdown. And that's why I understand like Taysom probably wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but his value as a changeup, as a, as a wrecking ball in this role is so great that it wins you games and it won this game. Yeah, and you've heard him say, obviously, he wants to be a quarterback in the league. And head coach Dennis Allen has said about Hill, he's just the ultimate team player willing to do anything to help this squad win. And that was sure apparent this week against the Seattle Seahawks because he just he pretty much did everything for this team. Yeah, and this so this is the last Taysom Hill run that I have on this kind of slideshow. Again, you have J.P. Holtz up here. Again, you have it's that mega crazy jumbo formation. You have five linemen, two jumbo linemen, which is Landon Young and Lewis Kidd. They ran this three times. Landon Young and Lewis Kidd, both as eligible linemen. So they could theoretically leak out and catch a pass. That's kind of the next step of running this you know, personnel out there is eventually you will see one of them leak out and catch a wide open touchdown pass. I want to see it happen on a two point conversion or something like that. Like I think Will Clapp, it might've been Will Clapp who caught one. I can't remember. It might have been against the Broncos, but this is the type of personnel that where you will inevitably see a lineman catch a touchdown pass because you just don't account for them. And so again, this is 10 blockers, no wide receivers, no running backs. And the best part about it is when you look at the film, you don't even need the sideline angle. Yeah. You can see all the players on the field from the end zone angle. There is no one outside the numbers or even close to the numbers. And by this point in the game, this is third and one in the fourth quarter. The Seahawks have just taken the lead and gone ahead 32-31. They know Taysom Hill is going to run this ball. They've seen it over and over and over again. They haven't stopped it. So what do they do? They, they, do, they just don't even bother putting anyone more than four yards away from the line of scrimmage. You know, Quandry Diggs is the only one who could like feasibly get out to defend a, to defend one of these like tight ends if they decide to get downfield. And they, the Saints don't even bother making them have to defend that. They're just like, yeah, we're going to do this again. And one of the reasons Taysom Hill is able to break this for 60 yards for a touchdown is because of that. Because no one is past the line of scrimmage. So the second he gets past Quandry Diggs, he's gone. And, you know, good for Tariq Wollin, very Man. fast guy. One of the low-key big elements of this play is Taysom's aware of Tariq Wollin as he gets yeah. down the field, and he protects that ball because you've seen that. Like It happened to Saquon Barkley against the Titans earlier this season where he just got through the line, and he was running by himself downfield, and it was actually Christian Fulton, the former LSU cornerback, who just like caught up to him and just kind of swung and punched the ball out. Like Tariq Wollin is not even trying to make a tackle here. If he was trying to make a tackle, Taysom might not score. Right. Because like you can see like he catches up to him at the 10-yard line. But totally swatting for that ball. But yeah, the only thing he's interested in doing is knocking that ball out. And so that's why instead of a 55-yard run and a first and goal, you end up with a touchdown. And I just think like the awareness on that play 
to know that uh, that Tariq Woolen's closing on you and to kind of just shift the ball aside. That's really impressive. How many how many tight ends make this play? But anyway, that's that's it. You know, it, it's it's a lot of frustration from the other team. Like they know again. Like if anything, the fact that they know what's coming makes it worse because once you just are unable to stop it and you show that you are unable to stop it, you're just going to get hammered over the head with it over and over again. And that's, and that's what happened to the, to the Seahawks in this game. Well, that's the thing too. We, we knew going in Seattle was a pretty weak defense. It'll be interesting to see how much they're able to implement against Cincinnati. Not like they're a, a world beater or anything, but definitely a more improved uh, defensive look than you got last week. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know what to expect from Cincinnati. You know, they they're what two and three. I think they lost right. to the Ravens on Sunday night. They don't look great. I think they have the fewest big plays in the NFL so far through five weeks, which is not something you'd expect to say. No, um, definitely about not. With Joe the, Burrow, with three receiver. Team. Yeah, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, right? But as we're going to talk about in the next segment, the Saints are a team right now that will help you get on the uh, right track as it as it pertains to big plays. But you know, I, I just think. For a team that desperately, desperately needed a a get right win and a performance from a player from a star player, like I don't care who it was, they needed someone to show up and have a big game because we had not yeah. seen that. Right? One of the things that really stood out is since week one. So obviously you had Mike Thomas catch those two touchdowns. You really haven't seen, you know, Alave in week week three was a good example. He had 149 yards, but a lot of that came in junk time. It wasn't like a dominating performance from the beginning. And like, it's just nice to see the star players show up and play like stars. We, you know, we obviously didn't show any of it, but Alvin Kamara ran for over a hundred yards in this game. He had 194 yards total. You had 300 rushing yards, you know, and you won a game and, and that's a good feeling. I think. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this post game on our post game podcast. You look at the stats and you see 48 rushing attempts from the saints. And it's like, what the new Orleans saints had 48 rushing attempts. That's, that is unbelievable to me. Yeah, we have a we have a comment here from Handsome Joe. It's like, where has he made more of an impact this season as a tight end or a quarterback? Yeah, I mean the answer is as a quarterback, right? <laughs> the only the only benefit of him being a tight end is you can start him in fantasy at tight end because all the fantasy leagues jumped at that, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season he's back to quarterback eligibility because he's, if anything, he's a running back, right? right. Like he's not a tight end; he's a wildcat quarterback like the Giants have been doing this with Saquon Barkley and it's been working like the ability to just direct snap it to you know I don't know if he is the best athlete on the field but he's close to it you know the ability to just get the ball in their hands and say go do it you know that's that's a luxury and you need someone who can make guys miss in the open field you need someone who can power through uh defenders I I'm I'm surprised they didn't do it more with Alvin Kamara when Taysom Hill was kind of in the quarterback mold but you know that's it's something that I don't think Smash Mouth football has been a an identifier an identifying quality of this Saints team in the last you know five ten years. Hmm. But it would be really nice if this season that's what you ended up talking about is you know this is a, this is a team that wants to punch you in the mouth and you better punch back. Yeah, if, if Ingram and Kamara are boom and zoom, what can we put as the trio of you know Mark? Alvin and, and Taysom. Okay, we have Boom Zoom and what? The Mormon Missile. <laughs> I think that's John O. Barnes. I think maybe uh, he, he might have invented it. I don't know. Someone invented it. But no, I, yeah, no, right. QB7. 
That's what I usually go with. But all right, that's going to wrap up that segment. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some less happy stuff, which is a lot of these big plays. I think Kenneth Walker is still running. Stick around on Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. 